You're listening to Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you today and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to everybody here in the worship center, those of you out in the atrium, everybody watching online. Uh, my name is Craig Henson. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by lead pastor Eddie Cox. Hello. Hello, everybody. Family pastor Chase Callahan. Hey, guys, you can give it up for me. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hold on a minute. Thank you. Hold on a minute. You. You. I'm the one that broke my leg on the way out. <laughs> Okay, just wait. Hey, you Eddie, know, wait a minute. Might need some lights backstage. You have no idea how dangerous it is up here. Wait a second, say what? And this okay. is executive pastor Brian oh. Cox. Oh. I think mine was louder. It was. You, yeah. You're right. We're in a love I, revolution, and you have to love yeah. the sibling rivalry, the love that goes on between <laughs> the brothers. So you here. almost fell coming up the stairs? Say so what? I hate I missed that. I, it was very bad. You mm-hmm. almost messed up my golf swing, but it did not. <laughs> <laughs> out there. It this takes a lot older, to This is my older brother, oh, Brian. That, that's right. That. Okay. I'm glad you're okay, older man. I'm good. All right. We no longer call you senior pastor. You're the lead pastor. Lead now. pastor. That's right. Oh, I'm glad y'all changed that because I didn't like feel that? old. That was good. Okay. Hey, we're so glad you guys are with us. Hey, did you guys enjoy a little bit of Beatles this morning? Yeah. yeah. How good was that? My question is, does do they know who Chairman Mao is? That's a, the, what, Those I, four way too young. No. Okay, so, since he's honest, he's like, I don't. Nope, so I don't. check it out. We were, we were talking about that song this morning. And in 1968, John Lennon wrote those lyrics because there was so much unrest in our country. Uh, he, he felt like there was so much injustice in our country. And he wrote those lyrics. And here's the interesting thing. And I don't know, I'm not trying to give you a Beatles history lesson here, but that song only made it to number 12 on the charts. And for somebody who was like five at the time, I would have thought that was a number one hit. We play it so much even today. Uh, But it only rose to 12 because after he wrote the song, the people on the far left hated it and the people on the far right hated it. And so even John Lennon, who was trying to change his world, you know, he somehow didn't get it right. Um, But the song is so amazing and the lyrics are so pertinent to what's going on in our world today. So, so check this out. We've been in this Love Revolution series for five weeks, and, and we've all had the honor of talking with y'all. And uh, at the end, of the very end of the series, uh, my wife and I had a, had a trip to California planned for, for a long time. And so this past week, we spent the week in California, and the Love Revolution was tested immensely for me as I drove in Los Angeles traffic this last week. <laughs> Nothing will test your love for other people quite like that. And so I had that going for me this week. We, we're glad you made it back. And, uh, and since, let me say something about that Beatles song. Since I wasn't born at that time. Oh boy, here we go. So this is all new to me. I just heard about the Beatles this morning. Just you can't you know. count very good either. You'd, you'd never heard Revolution before today. I've never heard of the Beatles till this morning. <laughs> That's how young I, I am. Are you lying right now? I yes, I am. Okay, okay, okay. I am. I'm telling the story. I, I'm okay. wondering if, you know, lying would be the loving thing to do. But, you know, um, I digress. Maybe by the end of today, you will learn something. <laughs> I, I think so. What are we doing? What's going on? So we, we started with this definition, right? Uh, you guys saw it in the video. Revolution, a sudden, radical, and complete change from the way things are normally done. And, and I have to tell you, for us to, to take on that definition uh, kind of hits me in the heart as a Christ follower uh, just right from the jump, because 
we should have been sudden and radical and different all along. Uh, we shouldn't need a love revolution, but the truth is that we do. And uh, Brian started us talking about um, why we need love, why the world is so desperate for love. Yeah, I started reading George Meyer's book, The Love Revolution. With all going on, I'm like, this is a great time for this series. Hey, there's some music. Thank you. Um, and so I'm reading through the book, and then I'm, I'm studying for the first message, and come across this verse, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. I won't read the whole thing to you because it will depress you. <laughs> but I'll read the first part. It says, but understand this, that in the last days will come, set in, okay, perilous times. I feel like we've set in there pretty good right now, of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. I think we're there. And as I'm studying for this, I went on vacation, and this is kind of what really alarmed me, thinking about why it's so important that we love and that we do it now. We was at, uh, I don't remember, some, at lunch somewhere that day with my family, and we're talking about the perilous times, I guess. We're talking about all the things that are happening and having to wear a mask and just people getting sick and all the racial injustice and, and, and everything. And we're just talking. The adults are talking, and the kids are on their phones. You know, you think they're not listening. And it, all of a sudden, my niece, she just looked up, and she said, you know, it's all just hopeless. And when she said that, it really just hit me. I mean, I just a, a sickening in my stomach thinking that's how she feels about where we are in this world. It's our job to help them understand that faith that we have as Christians, that power we have as Christians, that hope is not lost, that, yes, it's perilous times, but if we don't teach them that now, they're going to grow up differently. So I, I was talking to you guys about how it's important that we believe again that we believe that the faith is real, that we don't lose our faith because of bad times, that we put our faith in action right now, you know, and we teach our kids what the love of Christ means and how powerful that can be. And that was what I got from my message was that I needed to wake up a little bit because what I'm doing is influencing the next generation, the way I act, the way I feel, what I say makes a difference to them. I want them to see things better in a different way, you know. See the hope in Christ. See how powerful the, la the action of love can be, you know. Yeah, you know, in that passage in 2 Timothy 3, Paul talks about this end of faith, this end of time. And, and you made the point that, that we could be there, that we're not there, but we could be there um, and the only thing that's keeping us from getting there is love. What we need to keep us from getting to the end of faith, as you know, maybe the end of the kingdom of the church as we the church age is is love. Well, you know, Jesus told us. It's very simple. And I love what you did on your message. I won't get ahead, but uh, everything, the most important thing we can do, if you ask yourself that question, that's what they asked Jesus. They tried to trick him up with it, though. What's the most important thing you can do in your life? Simple. You love God, and you love people. Everything. That, that, that's something that really resonated with me. Well, you know, you know I think that we have to understand we're the carriers 
of, of love. We're the carriers to the next generation. And I think you were trying to say, if we're not careful, it won't be carried. Right. And right. I think that's, that's what scares us a little bit. And, uh, and whatever, we, we're the only ones that can do it. You know, we, we have the gospel within us. We carry the love of Christ with us. And we're supposed to be able to demonstrate that. And that's what they were asking Jesus. Since there are all these rules, what's the best thing? He said, well, love God and love people. And I think all of that, you talked about that. Like, again, we're getting ahead. I'll let you no, go no, ahead. I, this is an open forum. So we can go anywhere we want. But, but, you know, Jesus made that point that he said that all of the law, all of the prophet, prophets hangs on this. And what he was saying is that every, every time that you see something in the Old Testament law, every time you read something that a prophet wrote, even every time you read the New Testament and all the teaching that we find there, all of that hangs on love God and love others. And, and what he was really saying is, don't you dare, don't you dare use my word. Don't you dare use the Bible to hurt another person. And, and for those of us have, that have been around the church a little while, we've seen that happen. And while we're the ones that should be carrying the love, oftentimes we're using what we would refer to as the great love letter, the scripture, to beat people up. Yeah, I think since we're, I'm just, I'm going to go with your, you know, your I know yeah. we're all over the place now. <laughs> yeah. But you had a, a great message about uh, every drop had a yeah. name on it. Could you, could you tell me a little bit? Sure. I have so, a thought from you on this. So, um, in my message, I really was talking about loved people love people. And um, when you think of loved people, what do you think about? And I, I alluded to a Hallmark movie. Like, if that's what you think when you hear loved people, and it's this uh, Cameron Bure kind of, it all works out in the end, kind of, that's love, that's, then you're missing it. But I, what I was talking about was if you think of when you hear loved people, what Christ did on the cross, the, the torture. Uh, we talked about how the, the uh, like, innocent being beaten, you know, in, in him. And when he was on that cross and he shed blood, I, I had this imagery of when you got closer and you look closer, you go, holy cow, that, that's made up of names. And then I listed out names and, and all of a sudden, wait, that's my name. I, why, I don't deserve that. Wait, that, that's that other person's name. They don't deserve that. Um, but God's blood was shed for all, even those that don't believe in Jesus. That's right. You know, and I think that's, there's, there's power in that. And once we get to a place where we can look at that and go, I didn't deserve for my name to be in that blood, but I am, and he forgave me and he loves me and he loved me first. I won't say that it makes it easier, but it makes a way and a path to love other people when we go, well, I didn't deserve it. And even if they don't deserve it, but that, you know, there's a whole, that's a, that's why there's a whole series of these talks is because it's easier said than done. That's right. But I think if we start laying the foundation of we are loved first, um, I alluded to first John chapter four, where he's talking about beloved, you know, that was the original text. And what it means is you are loved. You are lo those who are loved, love. And, um, I, personally, I've been beat over the head the last, I don't know, however many weeks we've been in this series of this idea of you are loved, so love, when they don't deserve it, uh, even not in, not just on, you know, in LA traffic or not just in, yeah. you know, Greenville or 153, whatever it may be, 
small to large, you are loved by a God who loves you despite your past. You are loved by a God despite what you even think of yourself. And so once you start hearing those things, every drop had a name and your name was on it. So go love, go love. One of the things you said, Chase, was that Jesus loved in death so that we could love in life. And I, I think so many times we think of this idea of love so, so much from an emotional standpoint, but it, it's really about what we do. It's really about how we behave. And uh, Eddie, you talked about that. And you, you talked about this process that you go through where you ask God to put you in situations uh, where you can display his love. Yeah, I think the, uh, it's called set me up, the kind of, you know, knowing that we are the carriers of love. Now, this is nothing, this is not easy to do. Uh, I do something called the loop. You know, when I, I look, I observe, I offer, then I proceed. That's how I keep God and people in the loop. And I think what keeps me moving, and we talked about this, is that everything, that, that drop of blood, it's the cause of Christ that move, it, it jumps over everything. No matter how I feel, you have to think, do I, does everybody deserve God's love? And that's a yes. And you would have to think, will you be willing to show that? And so the set me up changes how we go to Walmart, how we go to wherever we, you know, buy groceries. That I'm asking God to put people in my life because it's a, it, we are the carriers of this and we're the movers of this. And if th something is going to happen, it's going to be by us. And so that's kind of how I see this. And, you know, you know, where I feel good or whether, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The cause always leaps over whatever it is. It's not about me. That's always the New Testament. You, you gave us a great action step in that second message. You said, encourage, this week, encourage someone in person and on social media. And sometimes I fall into this, but I think many of us fall into this idea that uh, if it's a revolution, then I have to feed a third world country. And it, it's really not that. It's, it's about simple acts of love on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I don't know how many you did it. Uh, the social media, if you go to Facebook, social media, it's pretty rough. You know, somebody's got to throw some sunshine and rainbows in there. Uh, but, and the reason I say that is because our words are very powerful. And that's what the Bible tells us. We can bring life or death. Uh, so we can, and you got to be careful how, what you speak, you know, what you say. So we can bring life or death through our words. Uh, it's much easier, I'll go ahead and say, it's much easier to love God than it is to love people. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. Because that's usually the way it happens. And it's easier to love people on social media. Just send them out, I love you, you know, or something. A little heart. A little heart emoji moving that kind of thing i found hey i, I discovered emojis yes, there we go I discovered <laughs> wow. awesome and the beatles apparently and the beatles, and the beatles. <laughs> is that a group okay it's um, a bug that's a okay you know hey i, I noticed that week that a, a lot of the marathoners that i'm friends with on facebook were doing it i was seeing it on, on, on their feet and it was awesome to see just some encouragement because like you said there's there's so much junk on there uh, there's so much negative on there um let me pray for us. And you talked about God setting us up. And I mean, this, this next song has meant so much in this series. And um, it's, it's really our prayer. So let me pray for us and then we'll sing this together. God, we are so blessed to be in your presence today. Thankful uh, for the opportunity to meet with your, your people in person and, and online. Father, we feel your spirit moving in this place today. God, we feel a change coming in us. 
And we know, Father, that you promised that the work that you begin in us, that you will complete it. And, and so we ask, God, that as we offer ourselves to you today, we ask that, that you would take us, that you would use us to be vessels of your love. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Give some praise to God for that. That is awesome. I don't know how you guys feel. I'm digging this vibe today, though, loving this music so good. Hey, one of the things that Eddie talked about in the first message, Chase, you alluded to it in your message, is that that this is not about living the Christian life. It's not about keeping commandments. It's not about a checklist. It's, it's about a movement. And Chase, you said it's, it's about being. It's not just a call to action. It's about being. And if you would elaborate on that a little bit, because I don't think you can do the action without the yeah. being. No, and and uh, I think I said it in a message. My wife, Casey, she we do a podcast, if you don't know that, every week about the message. We go a little bit deeper. And for that week, Casey was in there, and she alluded to her being a mom and how a mom wasn't just a list of checks checklist it was a being it was her being a mom meaning whatever whenever I am who I am does that make sense and so um, she did a way better job explaining that than me but and I would encourage you to go listen to it but if we're going to be this love revolution and this is a commandment it's not necessarily a checklist of if I have to then I will it was no, if I'm all in to this Christian faith and I'm all in to this relationship with Jesus, then it's going to be part of me. And wherever I go, like we just talked about, wherever I go, wherever I am, it's just going to pour out of me because that is who I am. It's not a thing that I do, but it is who I am. And, and I think that's one thing that Jesus was alluding to when he lived the last part of his life and he was knowing that the crucifixion was coming and he had 12 guys or 13 guys that are like, Hey, these are my guys are going to move this forward. I need to show them. And he literally everywhere he went showed him that it was a part of their being. It wasn't a checklist. It wasn't something that, Oh, you know what? Today sounds like a good day. I should do that. And then the next day was like, forget it. No, it was just part of the being and pouring out. So yeah, you also said that, that God wants to put a lot of love in the world and he wants to do it through you and me. Yeah. Uh, anyone had Italian food since the message? Anybody? 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 Okay. Not a lot of Italian food people out there. Okay, great. Thank you, three of you. That's awesome. Uh, it's okay to laugh out there, you guys. You guys are scary up here. Um, no, I alluded to the show that I, I watched, and they went to an Italian food place, and they asked, how is this so delicious? And they said, well, it's made with love, and we put a lot of love into it. And... Um, when I heard that, my week was up, and I was like, man, that's exactly what Jesus did, and that's what we should do, is that we sh the world is in need of a love revolution. We need to start putting a lot of love into it, and because that's what Jesus did for us, is that he didn't, like, um, he didn't half do anything. He fully did it, you know, and he put a lot of love into the world, and so if we are to be like Jesus, then that's what we will do. 
And um, I did. I had some spaghetti with meatballs, and I nice. immediately saw my bracelet, and I went, it's Papa mom, John's my, pizza. No, it wasn't Papa John's. Don't, they don't count. No, my okay. mom actually and my sister-in-law cooked it, and um, and Jonathan Davis, he, he cooked the spaghetti. And I remember cutting into the meatball going, I need to put a lot of love into the world. See, I even listened to my own self. Okay. So my wife, my wife is actually, uh, I would say, a pretty pretty good baker yeah, yeah, of yeah. goods. And um, people ask her all the time, you know, why is it so good? Why, why is it so good? She says it's made with love. Yeah. Make, it makes, it and makes a difference. And I've had stuff, and it is. It is great. Uh, I have a couple nieces that yeah. also do some baking. Not quite as good as Amy's. <laughs> I'm not sure there's enough love there. There might be some bitterness <laughs> going not on. Not enough love in there. I need to work on that love. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I never turned down a sweet, but, you know. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's worth a try. Hey, so I, I jumped off where you left yeah. off, Chase, and um, I talked about how that Jesus said that as Christ followers, we would be known for our love as a true disciple, uh, not not a Christian, but a true disciple would be known for their love. And and I told you guys about this lady, Ann Rice, who said that we're quarrelsome and hostile and disputatious and deservedly infamous. And And unfortunately, I think that is how the world sees us as Christ followers. And, and that, that's so sad, but I have to say, I think, I think we've earned it as well, which makes, makes it even more sad. But ultimately I I came down to this question uh, that I have to ask myself in every situation, what does love require of me? Um, going back to the cross for a second, when Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, that is what love required of him at that time. There were times in his ministry when it was required for him to feed people, and he did that. There were times when the loving thing for him to do was to raise someone from the dead, and he did that. Uh, When he went to the cross, that was the loving thing for him to do. That's what love required of him at that time. And, And I began to ask myself, what does love require of me? And in the shadow of the cross, this seems so lame. This is so lame, but this is where I was. I decided that love required me to wear a mask because I when the pandemic started I was that guy like I'm not wearing a mask under any circumstances for any reason and I was actually working in sales in the marketplace at that time I was interacting with customers every day and I said look if a customer comes in and they need a salesperson with a mask I'll find them one with a mask because that's not me but as God began to work on me um, I realized that what love requires of me is to wear a mask now when I'm in a place that asks me to wear one. That is the loving thing for me to do. And, and, and laying all you know, politics, all of that junk aside, love requires me to wear a mask where I'm asked to wear a mask. And again, that seems so lame, but that's where I was. And, and again, just to, to my point earlier, this, this, is, this is not about building an orphanage necessarily. This is about my everyday life, what does love require of me? And, and I've been changed because of the series. Well, I, the whole New Testament, this is not about you. Okay, you know, so it really is. You go to love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you will find all kinds of stuff in there. Love is patient, love is kind. And uh, the truth is we, we can do it sometimes, but we don't do it all the time. Uh, you know, I look back at, we talk about rules and, all, you know, look at the Ten Commandments. I've already asked all. I've asked this question: How many of you have kept all the Ten Commandments? And none of you have. 
Nobody has. It wasn't meant to be kept. It was meant to be something that shows us to Jesus Christ, and that's what, he, what happened there. And what I love about what you just said is that the cause of Christ just leaped over the mask. And that's a hard thing because we get in this political debate over mask and no mask. We need to jump over all of that and remember what happened. Remember the drops? Everybody has it. Everybody, Jesus died for everyone. Everybody has, deserves an opportunity to go to heaven. And we're the ones that are the carriers of that. And we're the ones that do that. So I'm not really concerned about a mask, no mask. I'm really concerned about a soul. It just leaps over that. And that's what happened with you. You just leaped sure. over that. Yeah. And one of the other things that, you know, I, another bomb that was dropped into my life is that there's two types of people that have had more to do with who we are today than any other. And those that, it's those that have hurt us deeply and those who have loved us profoundly. And, and we have the same opportunity. Um, we're going to have an impact on people. And we're going to, unfortunately, we could hurt them deeply or we could love them profoundly. And that's a choice that we have to make. Yeah, I mean, um, sorry, you want to do that? That's all right. Sorry. Oh, okay. We need like a bail. Yeah. Are you Uh, up, Chase? I'm up. Okay. Okay. No, I was just, uh, I said it during drive-in, was a friend of mine, uh, he was a pastor, and I FaceTimed him just to check in and ask him a question, and uh, when he answered, he was, you know, his normal self, but he holds up three pages, Uh, It was, and I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's a three-page email blasting me about my theology. And I was like, oh, man, that's, well, that's rough. He's like, no, actually, it's not. He said, man, it's, it's great that I get to uh, show some grace and I get to show um, what some love. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that in that moment, that showed me love revolution. He doesn't go here. You know, he's a friend of mine. But it, it was another believer in Christ. This is not a marathon thing. I think this is a... This is a Jesus thing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but that just something to allude to that a little bit. What were you going to say, Brian? Ding. Okay, my turn. Well, I, I, I thought you talked about loving your enemies, I think, in your last, loving those that, that are hard to love and those who hurt you. And that's something that I've struggled with for many years in ministry, doing 25 years of this, you know, and trying to always be right and win, you know. And it's like the last few years, I had this bitterness in my heart. And I've shared with this before on Sundays. But, and it was something that I had, I wanted them to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, go get them, straighten them out. Is that right? Is that what we do to people? Because we're right, they're wrong. Right. You know, isn't that true? Yes. You can relate to that. I can tell. Well, for me, I didn't realize what it was doing to me. That the bitterness in my heart was affecting my power and the power that God had and the love God had for me. Because I've heard this said before that there's power in peace. You know, when we find peace, God can use you. When you have peace in your heart, peace in your life, you know. And I got to thinking, well, that comes from loving people when they don't love me. That comes from forgiving people when I know they've hurt me. But I don't, want to rob, I don't want to rob myself of what God has for me. I don't want to be a, walking around, you know, with that 
comment on Facebook that they hurt me today and I'm constantly bitter. You know what I'm saying? And that changed for me a couple of years ago. You know, that I learned that love is the most powerful thing. And Jesus said this, most important thing we can do is love. That's right. and, and, and I have lived that. It's not easy, but it's the most powerful thing in my life that took what was bitterness and rightfully so. I had a right to be mad. You know, people hurt me. I could be mad. But I chose, I said, God, I'm going to do it your way. It's not easy. I don't love them. I don't like them. But I'm going to love them. A few years later, this person and I got back, got back together, had lunch, and God had changed us completely, him and me that we became friends, that we look back at those days and say, God taught us something, you know, because we were young and crazy. You know what I'm talking about? But, but you do. But for me, it really showed me the, the power of love and that we need to believe in that again. You know, it need, we need to understand that a love revolution is not just a series. It's not just something we talk about. It's actually tangible and possible. Yeah. You know, it is. How, long, how, many, how many years? Let's think about this because I'm, I'm watching this. We've all done this. I mean, right now, you could probably pull up some name. I'm talking to you guys uh, that you still are angry with. You're still mad about it. It could have been 10 years ago. And that's just going to eat you up. And it's going to rob you from what you need to do and the power to actually love people and well, we'll get to it in a minute, but basically the person that you probably hate and you want to like, you wish God would get, he's going to use you to get to them. That's the hard part of this whole thing because it's a cause. It's not just about you or them. It's the cause, what God's trying to do for you and for them. So I'm jumping ahead, but I'm going to back up. Yeah, you're good. I mean, I, th I think what you guys are saying is if we would just do what Jesus did instead of arguing about, about what Jesus said, the world would change because we would change. So you're saying we should, let me ask you this, all right. So instead of talking about what he did or trying to figure out why he said it, we should just do what he said to do. So exactly. that would be an action statement. So what you're saying, that'd be an action, right? That's definitely that'd an be, action. Okay, so what if I don't, here's what I always do this. People say, I don't feel like it. Here's, let me help you with your feelings. Is everybody ready? <laughs> If you're having a bad feeling, let me help you. Watch this. Get over it. Okay? Oh, we all, okay, just, you know. But if, here's, here's what you got to do. You know, feelings follow actions. Okay? Usually, actions do not follow feelings. And what happens is we're going to have an exercise program tomorrow we're going to start. You will not feel like it. But if you go do it, you'll feel better. Some of you said, I'm not sure I wanted to come today, but I'm hoping you feel better because you did. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's what you're saying. Let's yeah. just do it and then see what happens. Yeah. So here, here's the problem, though, is there's so many unlovable people in the world. And, and you said last week that we have to love the unlovable. <laughs> Did you see how he looked at his brother when I said that? I love him. <laughs> I love him. Mama said for me to love him. I love him. And I, think, I think Jesus said, you know, if you love people that love you, that's easy. But what about the ones that are unlovable? Chase? Um, <laughs> wow. No, not you. Oh, I'm just oh, going to enjoy oh. it. Yeah. Oh, did that sound like I was yeah. saying he was unlovable? 
I just thought you put him on the spot. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right. Oh, oh, the that, pressure no, of an I answer. I know you're, you're pretty good. You don't have anybody in your yeah, life, right? right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that, that, I look at that all the time and I, I evaluate, if you will, who, who is that in my life? And man, it starts adding up, right? And I'm sure that I, I'm on a list somewhere. Um, but, the truth is, is that in this series, I have, it's become more of aware to me, the, uh, every drop had a name on it. And those quote unquote unlovable people in that moment, um, their names are on that blood too. And that to me, that it doesn't, it doesn't change necessarily how I'm, my fleshly feelings are. Right. I mean, like I still have to weed through that and fight that. And it becomes that thorn in my side all the time. But at the end of the day, if I can pray for them and pray for me, I feel like that's moving forward. I feel like that's something that I mean, some of you guys have heard my story. And I think there has been times in my life where I had to go. They don't deserve that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just better to, to stay silent. But, but you, I, I mean, but I mean, is, is silent the right thing, or is praying for them and and, yeah. and not sending them a text or say, "Well, I'm going to pray for you with that"? <laughs> no, that's not it. Yeah. But truly, like praying, praying that God would mend, mend not our relationship, but mend us as humans, so that way we, we can love others. I, I don't know. That's just uh, it's and it sounds like to me that you guys are talking about a love that would produce forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Oh, I think that's huge in this culture. I mean, sure. I I would say if we looked around and we took a poll there, there are people out there and those that are watching online that are struggling with that right now. And they would say, no, I've forgiven. However, if they see them or if they see a post, there's this bitterness inside. I mean, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Forgiveness. You know, the apostle Peter had questions. Right. This guy had questions and, and he, he asked Jesus, how, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? I mean, and obviously the inference is somebody keeps doing me wrong over and over and over again. And Jesus said, 70 times seven, is, is that a big enough number for you? And he really meant unlimited, right? I mean, that was, I mean, yeah, that's, it's unlimited. And you have to think, why would it be, why is it so? You said uh, you know, was talking about people have hurt you, wronged you, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't, I don't think we really want to love these people that have hurt us, and it's really humanly impossible for us to love everybody without God in the mix. I mean, I think it's just it's impossible. And we we had a verse last week written with Brian. You know, love only people that are like you, so that people can see how easy it is to be like Jesus Christ. Isn't that the verse? I, I what was that. the verse, Brian? The wish second, it was. I wish it was so. I wish it was so. Two, something like chapter that. Chapter one, verse three, something. Like that. And what really, if you thought that was a verse, I made it up, by the way, because it's not in the Bible. It's the opposite. Love your enemies. Uh, pray for those who per- persecute you. And the reason why is because God usually uses the person closest to them that you have been hurt by. You're the one that's going to be reaching to them, reaching them for the cause of Christ. And so you got to be careful. With all those things you do and all those things you say, because one day what happened to Brian, they were friends and, you know, it came back around. And you got to be careful with that. 
let me just say, I know it doesn't always work out like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But from, it's better for me to love. You know what I'm saying? It's better that we do it Jesus' way, right? Yeah. You know? Eddie, one of the things from your message last um, Sunday that really, if I could say it this way, got stuck in my craw um, is, and is still with me, is, is you said that we have to be willing to cover somebody's sin. Boy, that's, that, was, that's, that was a mouthful. That's hardcore right there. Yeah, and it's in the Bible. He talks about, you know, how to do that. Uh, and there's a reason why to do that. So let, let me get two things you don't cover, okay? Something that is done illegally to you or immoral or abuse, you're going to need some help with that. Because what can happen is that those people can hurt other people. Right. But what, what he's saying is, let's say somebody's wronged you, somebody's hurt you, somebody hurt your feelings. The last thing you want to do is go to Facebook with that. It seems like we want to get a coalition of people that are on our side. The problem with that is that you just took away, and Proverbs talks about it, you just took away the opportunity to become friends because God's going to use you most likely to get to them. And you need to be careful what you speak and what you say around other people. And that's what he said. You need to, you need to hold that and cover that. You don't need to say everything. And share everything because you're going to be the one probably that's going to get them to Jesus Christ. Remember, the cause leaps over all the feelings and over all the stuff and over the mask even. It it leaps over that. Chase, Brian, any final thoughts for us today? Ding. Me. Okay. Okay. Dong. (laughs) Well, we talked about this earlier about um, what is something... Uh, we've gotten ourselves from this, and I've, I've been woke, woken. Oh, woken up. Next gen language. Oh, that's good. Is that a gen? Did it woke you, Is son? Woke? Yeah. Oh, okay. Brian's Sorry. woke, y'all. He's woke. I'm woke. <laughs> I've been asleep over here while y'all talking. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, good to know. But just through this, I'm, I'm started paying attention just to my everyday conversations, my everyday walk. You know, we kind of go through life. And we just kind of let it take over. When we're driving down the road, we know we're going to get mad at the person in front of us or at the grocery store or we're at school or at work. We just kind of go with it. You know, when you make me mad, I'm going to get mad back. You, you know, we're kind of slaves to the, you know, to whatever comes our way. And I said, I don't want to be that way. What, what am I doing with my life? You know, I, I, we put these bracelets on, Okay. And so ever since I've had this bracelet on, I wish God would leave me alone, but he he constantly reminds me that you need to love. And I realize how many times I am not loving. You know what I'm saying? In the car, at home, my children, uh, speaking of my child over there, she's going to love me for this. My oldest, Cassidy, we took to college this week, and I'm so proud of her. You don't have to clap. She's sitting right over there. <laughs> yeah. And she's got a roommate with her. I won't say your name. But she's sweet. But what happened this week, we're moving them in, okay? And that's a lot of work, all right? So they want their room to be really cute. So I'm putting lights like these. I'm nailing them in along the walls. And I'm, I've got them all the way around. I'm about done. And then the RA comes in. She says, you can't do that. I'm like, and I'm looking at my bracelet. Okay. So I start taking them down. Well, I got half of them down. 
thought we were good. She walked in and said, you can't do that either. And I looked at my bracelet, and I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, it's little, it's small, but what she needed to see was my attitude, my branding that you talked about the other week. What do people see in us in our everyday life as Christians? Are we going to get irritated or are we going to love? It's not easy. But for me, that's what I got. That You know, I had to make a, a in, in, um, what's the word? I had to make sure every day, paying attention, intentional, you know. You, you wanted to say, Mrs. Miss Resident Assistant, of all the commands at Anderson University, which is the greatest? Don't hang lights. Don't hang lights. <laughs> she was really sweet. If you're watching, you were very sweet. <laughs> Uh, I think to close this, like, or you were asking my final thing. I mean, I look at you guys and you guys are easier to look at than a car windshield during our first service. And I can't really tell, but I can see your eyes and I can see some of your, uh, you know, reactions to some of the things we say. And I would say this to finalize it. Um, what are you going to do with it? What are you personally going to do? Because I said in my message, everything changes when it becomes personal. Wearing masks changes if it becomes personal to you. Uh, loving someone who has done you wrong, it, that changes when it becomes personal. So for you personally, in your family, in your church, your job, what are you going to do with this? Because these are all great talks. I mean, honestly, I, I think pat myself on the back. Good job, bud. You know, that was great. But it's useless if God's people don't do anything with his word, not ours. I mean, every one of us, it, it came straight from scripture. It wasn't our opinion. These are biblical statements and these are biblical things that, that are produced to you. So now as God's kids, what are you going to do with that? And this is not a thing where, and maybe I, I can speak for all of us. This is something as a staff we've talked about this is, the, this is part of our DNA now. This is not just a series that we close up and we move to over it. Now we're going to talk about something different. No, 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 no. Love Revolution, like I said, it's not a marathon thing. It's a Jesus thing. And I think for us as a church, this is a foundational moment. And we pray that that's something for you and your family, that this is a, an action step for you guys. And I pray as I look at all you guys and and I, and I pray that this is something that you take and go, this is way bigger than just a series. This is a, a movement. And I want to be a part of the love revolution. Hey, would you guys stand with us? I'm going to ask Eddie to pray for us here in just a second. But I, I would just like to say that maybe you're here in the room with us today, uh, out in the atrium, maybe watching online, and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never experienced the love that he has for you. I want you to know unequivocally that all, all four of us are jacked up. Uh, God has a standard. We've all fallen short of it. Uh, if you're honest with yourself, you, you don't even live up to your own standards, much less God's. And that, that means that you're a sinner and you need a savior. The most loving thing that anybody has ever done was when Jesus willingly walked to the cross and allowed himself to be nailed to that cross and shed every drop of his blood to pay the penalty for our sin. And he offers the free gift of salvation to you. 
You simply need to admit your sin and believe that Jesus died on that cross for you and that he rose again the third day to give you a a life worth living here on earth, a life of love here on earth, a life filled with peace and joy here on earth, but also eternity, an eternal home in heaven. And I'm going to ask Eddie if he would lead you in a prayer, if you want to accept Christ, and then uh, if he would pray for the rest of us as well. Let's let's take this moment, people watching online, in in here, atrium, everywhere, If you want to accept Jesus Christ in your life, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life forever. Every head bowed. I want to pray for everyone. If you accepted Christ today, there's a place on, you'll see it online where you can let us know what has happened. But there are a lot of hurting people today. There are a lot of hurting people in the homes and people watching everywhere. A lot of things going on in our world. This is all new for a lot of us. And I'm going to ask God to move into our lives and into our places right now. Father, we come to you and you said for us to ask and to pray, and we are doing that. There are people who are looking for jobs. There are people who are having terrible times at home. We've got schools starting back. We've got, we've got all these things. And we, we, we have to trust you right now. We have to trust you. When we don't know what to do, you said to look to you. And that's where we are. I pray, Father, we will always understand what it means to love one another and care for one another. That the cause of Christ will be bigger than anything in our life. Anything in our life. And Father, I pray right now that you'll move into these homes and these lives and the family. I pray that miracles will happen. Things that we can never believe, but only you can do. I pray for that right now. Thank you for the love revolution that will always continue from this point on. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure you let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thank you for listening to Marathon Church Podcast.